joined this afternoon by David Malukas. David, you won yesterday's shortened race. There were some tire issues out there. From your perspective, were you worried at all about the tires in, in your race, or were they okay? And how are you feeling about that going into this afternoon's race on Saturday? Uh, yeah, so uh, my teammate Linus, uh, you know, had one of the, the issues. Um, but from our end, I guess being a perk of leading the whole time, you know, we never had any bad air and having to deal with scrub. Um, you know, they asked me on the radio, do I see a cord on the tire? Is everything fine? And I was like, yeah, guys, it looks great. And I checked, we checked tire pressures, tire pressures look good. So we knew, like, you know, in that race, everything was going to be fine. And um, I do trust, you know, Team Cooper Tire. I mean, l I saw them late last night working yeah. when... I even watched a NASCAR truck race and then came back and, I, and they were still working there and I saw them, you know, cutting into tires and working on them and, and figuring out something. So, and once I saw the message, I knew that they figured something out and, and they even looked at my tires as well and, okay. and they told me what's good, what's not. So, I think going into today with the new split race, I think it's a good idea and I think it's going to work out really well. Did they change anything tire pressure-wise? Any, like, mandates that you have to be with you know, a different tire pressure, different camber, or anything like that, or still the same? Everything's the same. The only thing they made us do in the warm-up was scrub the, the new sets that we're going to have for the second half. But other than that, everything else seems to be spot on. Right. I have to go to a metal music question here after our conversation oh, okay. a couple yes. months ago. Uh, what have you discovered new? And then we'll, we'll add a couple suggestions to that. So I after and after we had that yeah. uh, that podcast, I um, I tried to expand my horizons and look, but the the one only stuff I could find it wasn't like it was hard to find like instrumental heavy yeah. metal. It was a lot of the screaming, and that was for me just not. Thank you. It's too much. Yeah. So the <laughs> screaming was a little bit much for me. You know, the guys just oh, and I'm like, okay. But the instrumental, like, yeah. that's why, like, the Doom soundtrack's pretty good, because it yeah. takes, obviously, he makes creations off of heavy metal hits, but makes them in, into instrumentals, and for me, I like that. Um, and, like, even in his album, I think there's songs where, like, there's demons screaming, and those ones I skip, because those are a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I just really like the, the heavy metal instrumental side, so. I haven't really, I've tried to expand, but couldn't really find any good instrumentals, so maybe you can help me. On the way into the track this morning, he was like, let's see if this is too much for you and I'm like okay I can make it through this I can make it through this it was terrible they're screaming at me I'm not into that okay you're not into that no, no. yeah no. I mean I do like it it's just not the screaming not screaming see the music's uh, hard the, the screaming I actually put that on to fall asleep at night wow uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting white noise choice I guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. see also psychopath. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So one you'll want to check, and and I'll I'll shoot this over to you. That this guy, I I actually don't know how to pronounce his his name. Is that an yeah. actual name? Yeah, he's from Poland. Oh, okay. Uh, he does. So I discovered him because he does a lot of Linkin Park like cover remixes and whatnot. He's really talented, and there's a bunch of like Outbreak number four on this list. It's just like an instrumental, and it's not like metal, but it's got a cool like rock feel to it the entire time and like I've fallen asleep to that one more more than a few times too it's a good like it's a little on the chiller side for for metal music okay now that we've gotten that out of the way with and everybody now listening to this thinks I'm a complete psychopath for falling asleep <laughs> to screaming music you are two points back in the championship you've got another race today you've got Portland and Laguna and then a finale at mid-Ohio how do you weigh the risk of trying to make a pass for another position versus 
I just need to keep getting those points and not worry about what else is going on. Yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely in the talks, you know, going up to this race, and we have been after the race one yesterday. Uh, I mean, we, you saw Kyle, he was a bit yeah. desperate on the start, knowing that there's not going to be much chances after these first couple laps to yeah. pass, because this track is tough from one and two. And he made tried to kind of keep the outside, and he had a big moment and almost lost it. Yeah. So um, going in, we saw that so in this warm-up we actually used the warm-up to test the high line because luckily what he didn't have what i have today is nascar trucks and watching them yesterday they went high very high and okay. there's actually you can see two different lines entering one and two um indycar it was half and half like rossi i think did a high line when most went low yeah but and we, this morning we went we tested high line and same thing with ben he tested high line as he's going to be starting fourth and he did an eight seven, uh, eight eight, which is like a couple of tenths off yeah. of fast time that session. So, and there was we adjusted the setup, everything was fine, and we even did high in three and four, and it was no problem. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think if it ends up being side by side going into one, I think it's going to be a different story for us because also, it's session split into two, so less fuel, right? So when you have a heavy fuel load, it tends to be very slidey when now we have, I mean, it's like cut in half for me. So I think there's a lot of pluses that I have if I were to go on an outside move. So with the race being split in two, you can actually refuel, change your right side tires. Is there any other adjustments? Like, can you just do a full, like, hey, you know, it's too much downforce, let's take some off, et cetera, et cetera. Are you free to make changes at that point? I don't know the limitations. I don't think so. Okay. I think you yeah, I think you could only switch the tires and refuel, like very limited, yeah. um, but that's about it. So I think they're trying to do that for a purpose. Okay. While Shannon looks that up, a lot of IndyCar drivers describe gateways. One and two is like a sharp U-turn, and three and four feel like it never ends turn-wise. Do you agree, disagree? What do you think of, of gateway in an Indy Lights car? Gateway is an egg. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Um, One two is the kind of the money maker. Um, That's where you kind of set up three and four because three and four is flat. If you have a good car, it's gonna be flat and it should be pretty easy. Sometimes qualifying, you know, trim down. It's not maybe not so easy, but it's all one and two. And if you can get one and two down with the heavy lift and the downshifts, um, making sure you get a good exit going into three and four. It's kind of key. So, I mean, I think that's what makes Gateway so special is the characteristics of 1 and 2. Looking ahead a little bit towards 2022, obviously you have aspirations. Your name is starting to hit the rumor mill, which is, I guess, kind of pretty cool considering you haven't been in that position before. But is it, you know, does it make it difficult to kind of focus at all when there are IndyCar aspirations kind of maybe within grasp, but at the same time, you're still at least have to secure a good result in the championship this year and not stumble at the end. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, it's always kind of a flip or flop um, going into a run or, you know, even today, you know, I, I met with a couple of IndyCar, you know, team owners before yeah. I went out, you know, shaking my hand or saying congratulations. And it definitely uh, kind of gets you in the head, and you know, you, yeah. I sit down, I buckle up, and it's like, oh man, I, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, it's still not like it's still quite some some races to go, and then like I still need to kind of secure this. It's not done yet. I mean, you you never know. It could all just flip flop and then go to the floor, and then next thing you know, I'm back at Starbucks, just working on my computer. So, um, 
No, it always goes, but I mean, as soon as the session starts, it all kind of comes out of my head, and I just focus on that one and single run. So I always thought that was going to be an issue, but once I go out, it kind of just dissipates. I remembered my question from before. You had six-ish weeks off after mid-Ohio until now. Yeah. Is it was, was it hard to get back in the car for the test a couple weeks ago? And B, how do you stay busy during six weeks when there's no racing? Well, luckily, I have I, I do work. I okay. work as an IT, so for me, it was not too bad. Um, but it was still, I mean, a lot of days off. And within it, I mean, simulator work, hanging out with my teammates. We were just messing around. And just a lot of gym time, really. Uh, but it was getting a bit boring. And coming back after the six-week break, I was like, man, I don't even remember how to drive anymore. So <laughs> I got in the car, and, and it's been six-week break. But then in addition to that, it was testing at an oval, which I didn't do for two years. Right. So I was going in, it was a lot of new things happening, and but I was really nervous going in, but I sat in, did three laps, and everything kind of just came back to me, and I was like, this is great. So, you know, it was a, it was long, but it feels good to be back, and after the test, you know, we had a, also two se- test sessions on Thursday, those yeah. were really helpful, and by the time all the practices were over, it was like, kind of like, I, I'm back in the groove, I'm clicked in. So you had practices on Thursday, tests on Thursday, practices, practice, qualifying, and a race yesterday, warm up at a race today. That's a lot in 48 hours-ish, yeah. more than two days. More than two days. Yeah. Math is hard today. It's so hot. <laughs> how do you, you know, mentally and physically just like stay ready knowing that you know, you've got two hours and you're just right back out on track again? Well, first of, first of all, you say it's hot. I mean, last week when we tested, it was like 115. It was really, yeah, it was really hot. Um, so this is so like, this feels like fall. Yeah, I, I like we had to wear white clothing because it was just so hot. It was it was crazy. Um, but going back to your question, preparing. Um, hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. 
That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Actually, the more test sessions you have in a day and the less breaks you have, the better it is. It goes by quicker You because you get tired in moments like these. You know, you sit in the AC, slowly, slowly go down, yep. and then right when you're, like, really tired, it's like, oh, we, we, it's time to go. We need to go. And then you're like, oh, okay, you just, like, I feel like I just woke up. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so other than that, but oh, I forgot what was I going to say. Um, uh I was going to say something really good, too. Like a really good insider <laughs> kind of thought. Yeah, we'll come back. So, yeah, just keep going. I'll, I'll, it'll come back. We'll keep, we'll keep going here. I don't know. I lost. Do you have, do you have one? <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What? This is, this is what happens when you haven't slept we too much. We got downtime, and we just can't. Yeah. See, that's the thing is, like, even though I'm not racing, sitting, like, in the air conditioning, I get, like, sleepy. No, and then I'm like much harder than yeah than, than just being outside the whole time. I got I got what I was gonna say. Oh, Here we go. Here we go. go. Yes. So as you were saying for us, you know, to being prepared and stuff, I always just laugh at myself and I'm like, no, you're just you're just being like you know a little. Yeah. I don't want to say the, the, a bad word, but I'm like, you can say a little pussy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I looked at IndyCar; they just rock up Saturday, do a one and a half hour practice, qualifying, and then 260 laps yeah. in a race. All in one day. Yeah. So I'm like, um, I'm fine. I have to be. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to stop complaining. If this is going to be me next year or in the future, I probably should just pretend I'm okay, even if I'm exhausted. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And yeah. mentally, it's better. And uh, yeah, so I, I looked at 260 laps, mouth drops, you know, my little pork chop from lunch came out of my mouth. <laughs> and uh, I made sure to put my notes, go to gym. So. <laughs> yeah, so that was, well, you probably answered my last question Assuming you get the chance to jump to IndyCar next year, what is something, whether it be off track or on track, that you think like is super important to your uh, potential rookie season? Jim, <laughs> uh, definitely <laughs> yeah, getting heavier. Right? Yes, and yeah, there's no so. power steering. Yeah. I mean, races are much longer, and yeah. I've had many friends. I mean, Pato even told me he was. I told I was the test. He goes, yeah, it was great, but first thing I, I went straight to the gym. So. Um, and I think it's like six months till season starts. So if we do, it's kind of like I need to start like right now. But other than that, it would be strategy. You know, in yeah. IndyCar, there's a lot more strategy. Yeah. I mean, tires. You know, in in Indy, Indy lights. You, exactly. In Indy lights, no piss on that You go and you just <laughs> go as hard as you can on the tires and just go until the end. There's a bit of tire management, but mostly you're just balls to the wall. So, but IndyCar, much different story. You also have different push to pass. I mean, they have 200 seconds. They can use it to defend and often and yeah, so I mean, just getting that whole perspective because that's all going to be new to me. I think that's going to be huge and pit stops, of course. Well, and you also have twice as many cars on the track. Yeah, that too. So <laughs> a lot more passing. I'm actually excited for that. It's gonna yeah, be fun. yeah. <laughs> so one of the, speaking of pit stops, I haven't asked this question in a couple of years, but do you think it would be beneficial for Indy Lights, almost like like today where the race is split in two, but to do like maybe like a mock hot pit stop like maybe you don't change tires or anything but you literally just go into the box like hold for seven seconds and go just so that when you get to 
IndyCar, you kind of have a feel for like, okay, you know, this is how I prepare an in-lap and out-lap, uh, pit lane, execute getting in the stall in front of other people, etc. Like, do you think that would be beneficial in any way? Most people have actually told me no that I've asked in, and they're, they've all done well in IndyCar now. Like, Pato asked, told me that a couple of years ago in Lights, but I don't know if you think differently. I don't know, I know. I don't remember. You'd have to go back and listen. Well... <laughs> it's yes, I but I actually think yes. I think it would be yeah. nice. I mean, coming in for a pit stop, I think as a driver, it's pretty set in stone. I mean, pit limiter, pit limiter, pull clutch, brake, stop, get ready, go. That is pretty easy, and I don't think that's what you need to learn. Um, it'd be more for like the pit crew to learn, you know, to do pit stops. Yeah. However, going from what people I don't feel like talk about is going from pit out and pit in. I mean, for us, we just go really slow because there's no rush, you know, you don't need to, and in IndyCar, you need to be hauling, you know, yeah. into the pits, out, and try to maximize it, and then hard break, don't lock, and I mean, you saw an Indy 500, yeah. they were struggling to yeah. even keep it down, and so I think in that perspective, I think it would be helpful, um, just going into IndyCar. Well, that's all I got. Best of luck the rest of the year. I'm sure I'll see you at a couple of the other tracks, and Look forward to seeing what the plans are for 22. Yeah, thank you, and I just need to keep doing well so I can keep doing these. Oh <laughs> yeah. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.